Let's discuss with Meg Duke is supported by Yumble. Y'all know I do not have the best eating habits, always a work in progress, and I want to make sure I don't pass that along to my kids. Yumble has options for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and with a Yumble meal, there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning, so that's time you can spend elsewhere. Taste tested with over 50,000 children, Yumble meals are delicious and healthy, backed by nutrition experts, and help create a healthier dynamic at mealtime. Use code LETSDISCUSS50 for discounts on your orders at yumblekids.com. Your mental health is your dope self. But you don't have to tend to it by yourself. Get a tribe, get inspired, and you'll get ahead. Get someone to talk to, don't keep it bottled in. You're beautifully human, you should remember this. So it's okay for you to feel emotions. She can relate to what you're going through. So let's discuss it with Meg Duke. Welcome back. It is another week. Thank you for my little two-week vacation, a little mental health moment for myself. It was very needed and lovely. So thank you. Thank you. I want to introduce you to my new good friend, Monique. When she isn't obsessing over home and work life, you can find her on Instagram, which is how I found her, creating content for her award-winning podcast entitled Infertility and Me. She created the podcast after her own path to motherhood was disrupted by female factor infertility. Through the podcast, Monique has been able to reach thousands of men and women from all over the world, passing the mic to other survivors to share their stories authentically. Monique's podcast was featured in Apple, iTunes, new and noteworthy editors pick in March, April, and May of this year, 2022. You all, please, please, please welcome Monique. Hello! Hey, girl. So happy to be here with you. Yes, I love it. Girl power. <laughs> yes, girl power. I love it. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to have you. I usually like to start the podcast by asking people how we know each other. But when I slide mm-hmm. in that's awkwardly, I always let people know, like, uh, I've been following this person for a while and finally plucked up the courage to be like, can we talk? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Reminds me of that old song by Tevin Campbell, Can We Talk? It's like, uh, yeah, of course we can talk. Come on. This is what we do. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And I know you and I <laughs> were talking earlier about how it's just so nice to be able to, I, you mentioned in your bio, even like sharing the mic and getting, mm-hmm. you know, getting on each other's space and, and opening up to the world and being able to share that. I think it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing that technology has now allowed us to to do yes, it's a beautiful thing like we love it and hate it at the same time mm. right because it makes us like overshare us then we don't know when to get off and we have to like really monitor ourselves monitor our children if we have them and stuff so yeah mm. it's a whole vibe when it's done correctly I feel it's like so, so true yes, we're it's doing so it right <laughs> yes yeah it's yeah, so interesting yeah. I was I was curious kind of how what kind of helped you to get to that space where you were like okay I'm gonna open up and I'm gonna share my business with the world what did how did that what was like kind of the moment or girl let me tell you meg it wasn't easy (laughs) it was not easy i have always been a private person and spiritually speaking um if anyone is into astrological signs i am a sun libra which is my birth date and then moon sign which is your emotional side i'm a scorpio and then the rising sign your third most uh, powerful sign, I'm a Taurus. And so all three of those are pretty much private signs. Um, We don't share more than we need to. We kind of like to listen to others and what their experiences are like. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be the voice that I needed when I was in the midst of family building and having a lot of fertility struggles as a black Mm -hmm. woman and a woman of color. 
in these United States of America. Mm. And we know how difficult our history with gynecological and reproductive yes. care has been for women of color, indigenous women as well. Mm. And so I just wanted to be what I needed. And I didn't niche down just to black women because number one, my husband is South Asian descent. I have a South Asian last name. So that would be crazy for me to not include everyone's story in my opinion, personally. And I love spaces just for black women. I used to host and produce a podcast just for black women, because I think it's important that we do have our individual go-to places sure. where we could just let our hair down with people who understand our struggles. Mm -hmm. And so when it became in, uh, time for me to want to put myself out there about fertility struggles mm -hmm. and black women, it was because I was looking at the statistical data and how vastly different our experiences can be with fertility and family building and ma maternal death rates in mm. America. And I'm a researcher by nature. And so when I was looking at those things, I was like, well, how can I do, what can I do? What can I do to help other people not suffer in silence is what I say on the mm -hmm. podcast a lot, because that's what I did. I suffered in silence for a long time before opening up to people, just family about my struggles with right. fertility. And so that was the inspiration behind it. And then again, I'm a spiritual person and I just was tapping into my spiritual practices deeper when I was healing after being pregnant and giving birth to my son. And I resonated with the throat chakra, which is right here where your thyroid is. Mm -hmm. And that is the chakra of communication and speaking your truth authentically to who you are. And so that's part of the reason why my brand colors are like this royal blue purplish color. So everything for my podcast is very spiritual based, mm. very deeply ingrained in mm -hmm. who I am as a woman and who I'm becoming as a woman. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And so intentional too, right? So you've made the choice yeah. of like this matches with that matches with this and it's got a story yeah. behind it. I really, that's mm -hmm. great. That's how I live my life. That's that's really how I live my life. I've been wearing pink a lot. That's the crown chakra. That is your enlightenment intuition. And everything I do is intentional, especially when it when it concerns me touching the lives of others. Yeah. Mm. Yes. It, you know, that's been something that I think has been interesting too, is kind of figuring out that balance between, especially so for me as a therapist, I like yes. to make sure that I focus on my client, right? Because it's not about me. And, you know, when clients will ask about me, um, I, I, of course, want to acknowledge that moment of it. I appreciate you checking on me. And then and how do we focus on you and doing that in a very smooth way and transition. And so on my pod or my podcast, certainly, and in my social media, it's like, I, but I also want to normalize and I also want to validate and bring that space of holding. Um, and so it's been a really interesting journey for me to be able to say like, I, you know, my daughter broke her leg a couple of weeks ago and I thought, oh, wow. do I yeah. share that? Do I not share that? Do I share that? And I thought, you know, and it's been really, it's been a beautiful space for many people who've been like, my toddler broke her leg when she was what you know this age mm -hmm. and, and how are you dealing with that and the guilt that goes with it and da, da, da. And so, um, so it's been a really interesting journey for me as well to be able to say, how do I open up in ways that are meaningful, that assist people in, in feeling like they can do that as well. And so I've, it's been a really um, interesting journey for me. And I'd love to hear about yours as well. How has it been then once you decided this is where I'm going, I'm going to be what I needed. How has that response been for you? Oh, I'm going to keep it real with you guys. It's very hard. Mm -hmm. It's very hard in the perinatal fertility space because black women don't share. 
number one. And so there, the amount of content out there, when you're looking for people who look like you, mm -hmm. black or other people of color in general, it is very difficult. You can look at the hashtags. You can go on my page and click one of my posts and hit infertility, whatever hashtag I have up there. And yep. you're going to see very, very, very Caucasian spaces, people lots of Caucasian like spaces. Yeah. Yep. And so it yep. is, it wasn't easy to be noticed and it still isn't easy to be noticed because guess what? Having fertility struggles does not diminish, take away or dissolve people's racism and or prejudices towards mm. other people who don't look like them. And wow. so there have been days I have cried and almost gave up because it was just so hard to collaborate and to build the community and to attract the tribe essentially, mm -hmm. because it is a very Caucasian space. And when I first created the podcast three years ago now, it was even more more worse than it is now. Now I'm seeing a lot of people of color coming on, even men sharing about their stories of infertility and fertility struggles mm -hmm. and family building, but it, it's getting better, but it's, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a race. Mm -hmm. And so I am very intentional about checking myself and knowing that those who need what I have to offer will find me. And I trust the universe will bring them to me when the time is needed and necessary for them. Mm -hmm. And when I get those messages here and there or those emails here and there, I know that my work is not in vain because guess what? I don't get paid for this. Mm -hmm. I don't have a membership that I'm offering people to get support and they're paying $20 a month. Mm -hmm. I get a couple dollars in ads. It's enough for me to cover my hosting every month for the podcast, mm -hmm. do a little tad bit of advertising but it's a labor of love. And at the end of the day, I just constantly remind myself, it's not about you, girl. What are you talking about? <laughs> you didn't create it for yourself. You created it for the people who needed it, for the silent sufferers mm -hmm. who have not found their voice in their struggles. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I, and that's a, such an interesting way of putting the silent sufferers because I just, it's been this, this shame it's been such a, yeah. such a surrounded by shame fertility concerns for so mm -hmm. so long um as though there's something wrong with a person or and it's been it's been interesting to hear people's stories of having to be able to and you even mentioned in the beginning when you were trying to even open up just to your family and of yeah. course we say in therapy don't shit on yourself right but like mm -hmm. you should <laughs> i roll be able to say to the person that has you've spent your life with growing up with in whatever capacity and say mm -hmm. like, these are the things that I'm struggling with. And even then we feel hesitant. We yeah. feel what, what happens when I say something and they don't respond perhaps in the way that I'd like, or they're not supportive mm -hmm. or they're blaming whatever it might be. And so, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it continues to be a, an uphill climb of, of kind of overcoming all of that. Yeah. And it's, and, and, and now that I see what's happening politically, I'm a, mm. I speak political on my page and a lot mm -hmm. of people don't like it. And when Roe v. Wade was overturned, a lot of, mm. I had a couple hundred followers lost mm -hmm. and that's okay. You know, that's fine. That's not, not, that's not, what did you say? Building your tribe, attracting the tribe, then that's not your tribe. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's yeah. exactly how I saw it. And regardless of how pro-life I am 
for people building families the way that they see fit, whether it's LGBTQIA mm. community members, whether mm. it's single moms and single dads by choice, mm -hmm. all of that stuff matters. And to the friends who walk away without the bundle after IVF in various fertility treatments. Mm -hmm. So I now see why it was so hard for me because going through building the community to getting where I am now and still having, and I feel like in my own personal opinion, a lot more work to do, but mm -hmm. I see now why I had to struggle with building the community because we're going through a lot of political struggles right now yes. with the Roe v. Wade. Mm. We're going through a lot. We're going through a lot. And regardless of how pro-life I am through family building fertility treatments, you still should have the right to choose. Right. And the government shouldn't have that power over you, mm -hmm. over our bodies. Mm -hmm. And it was what, 50, 60 years ago that we mm -hmm. even got the right to vote. So yeah. I think we forget about that. And our privilege for our friends who do have the kind of privilege that I don't have being mm -hmm. Caucasian men and women and men, right? Um, we forget, we forget that yes. no matter what happens, you're still semi-protected by the mm -hmm. men that you marry if you are in a relationship with um, someone who looks like you. Right. And so I, I understand why now I had to struggle with building a community because there are gonna pe there's people who rely on my strength. And right. I don't take that on in a way where it's unhealthy for me because I take a break. I mean, I took a six month hiatus last summer mm -hmm. and I, I didn't know if I was gonna be able to return, mm -hmm. but I needed that moment, I needed that space because now I have, I have everything, my cup is full. So I have yes. plenty to give now, mm -hmm. you know? And so me as an individual and growing as an individual woman outside of my family life and figuring out who I want to be and going into my forties next year, do can I do I still have the capacity to do the work regardless of how hard it is regardless of who no longer resonates with the message that I have to serve and I think that and I, I feel like therapists go through that a lot because mm. you guys change clients so much right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some, at yeah. times sometimes at times. so sometimes yeah. I have clients who just they want to see me every week and they see me every week and we sometimes talk about a whole myriad of things right and then there are some people where we're working on a very specific thing and we're or a couple of things and and obviously things come in and out but um yeah absolutely and so then you're getting new people and you're starting afresh and yeah absolutely i just feel like there's always going to be a rotation of people that we connect with and help and see mm -hmm. through to the other side mm -hmm. i've watched a lot of people get on the other side of adoption and fertility treatments and getting pregnant and giving birth. And I've, we've seen people in the community who have lost their lives to uh, black maternal health disparities when giving yes. birth. And so there's a whole myriad of, of, of things that can happen that when you put yourself out there as someone who wants to be the voice of change that you have to be prepared for. And unfortunately there's no one way to prepare for that. It's mm -hmm. just about taking care of yourself first. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing that. It's, it's been something I know the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned, I immediately posted a, a quick, my thoughts, uh, yeah. you know, let's share this space. Let's come together. Let's, I didn't even know how to process. It is mm -hmm. one of those things where obviously being born in the United States, you just take for granted that a thing like Roe v. Wade exists. You're just, here we are. Yeah. 
We did. And then for it to be overturned, I, I just remember, I, I, my, I, obviously it was months or a while ago now, but I just remembered thinking like, I don't even really know what to say. I just want you all to know mm -hmm. that I'm here and I'm holding this space with you and I will help you process it and I will be trying to process it myself as well. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it is something mm -hmm. that we, there are things that we take you know, the right to vote, right? Like that is something that we take for granted. And then you wonder, could that be taken away? Could that? And right. so we, it's nice to see the things though, for example, here in Kansas, instead yes. of our government unilaterally making choices for us, they left it to the people, which I, I still never, I, I don't understand why we're voting on access to medical procedures. Like mm -hmm. I'm a social worker and should not be able to decide whether or not you can have a kidney transplant like yeah I, yeah and yeah. i i do worry about the implications not to go too tangential but i do worry about the implications of you know religion coming into it because what then are we not going to allow blood transfusions because some religions don't believe in that or or yeah. organ donation um yeah. and so that can i continue to come back to my confusion of why are we voting on access to medical um procedures but i was grateful that i at least live in a state where instead of you know the indianas and the texases and the trigger laws of missouri um where the people of the politics politicians are like we at least got to vote and it was beautiful to see our yes, turnout wonderful. which was still only 47 percent, but a massive increase from last year's um election but it was still considered uh presidential voting numbers you, you got guys it. had something like 900 over nine hundred thousand people came out and voted you got it Chill, I was chill. watching it. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Because that just shows us that no matter what your political party is, it's about doing what's right. It's about doing what's right. It doesn't Absolutely. matter. Church Absolutely. and state are supposed to be separate. That's okay? right. <laughs> That's they right. just forget about that part? I think people willfully choose to interpret that in ways that, and again, I'm not, a, I'm not an attorney, but I, I, I think separation of church and state seems pretty obvious to me and people choose to interpret that in ways that fit their needs mm -hmm. and it once again confuses my tiny little brain because it's like if the church no, you're not, not confused you're not confused they're confused <laughs> okay they forgot that's exactly it's right plain and simple it's not black yeah. and white it is exactly what it is yes and that's that so yeah, yeah. yeah we can and talk I, about that all day <laughs> we really could well and i was gonna say just a a, a a small trigger warning to mention my my pregnancy losses and pregnancy crises but the idea of criminalizing pregnancy loss is i genuinely i if somebody would have come into that room and been like and by the way we're going to send a police officer over to since to ask you some questions about how you were not able to carry this baby to term i I genuinely don't even want to contemplate what I would have done in that I'm situation. You, I, some, I hope people wake up and vote these people out. If yeah. you're in a state that is on the brink of banning it to mm -hmm. the fullest extent, doesn't matter if you're a rape victim, incest victim, mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. Do what's right. Mm -hmm. Just do what's right. Mm -hmm. Because, and I think people forget that, especially the, the the politicians who are men, they forget that this affects them too. How many of them have gotten women pregnant outside of mm. their marriage? Yeah. How many of them have sons who may impregnate a young woman? Mm -hmm. Like I have a son that I'm, that scares the hell out of me. Right. It's right. not just about women. It's much bigger than that. It's so much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. So much. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
I think I think short sightedness is uh, is the new pandemic of the United yeah. States. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I, and I give America the benefit of the doubt. We are a very small country in terms of what we know it as today. Sure, less than a hundred years, in my opinion. And so, while other countries have a system in place and they've been doing things a certain way, they are much older in their in the way sure. that they run their countries than we are. Mm-hmm. You know, this, so our history, oh, I just hope history doesn't repeat itself. Um, I, I, I hope this is a wake up call for people with Roe v. Wade. I really do. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I appreciate, well, I appreciate you sharing that. I haven't really had the chance to speak too much on it on, in the podcast. And I think it's, I've, I've been wanting to say it in some sort of meaningful way and, and express that. And I, I say at the end of every one of my episodes to be curious, not judgmental, because I think, and I, mm-hmm. I'm going to be teaching an introduction to clinical course at KU and okay. um, clinical practice. And I keep saying that to people like as a therapist, it's not my job to give advice. If I could give advice professionally, I'd be living on a yacht in Mallorca because I'd be like, oh, buy yep. that stock. Oh, marry that person. Oh, do this. Like uh, people would be paying me lots of money because I'm omniscient, mm-hmm. know how to tell people how to live their lives. And that's not what a clinician does. Yeah. And also it is not my place to have an opinion. It's my place to ask the client more questions to help them to get where they'd like to, guide to be them, towards right? their goals, not my goals, but theirs. And yeah. I feel like that Walt Whitman quote, which I only knew about because of Ted Lasso, <laughs> let's be real. I'm not a <laughs> Let's just keep that honest. Um, yeah. But I just feel like it, it, and this is, comes back to the fertility conversation of why aren't you pregnant yet? Or the things mm-hmm. that people feel entitled to say to people in their fertility journeys is coming from a place of judgment or ignorance, but not curiosity. Yeah. And that yeah. I think is what perpetuates some of the issues that we're recognizing even today in 2022. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree. I couldn't have said it any better for sure. It definitely does. And after a while, you just get numb to it. And then sometimes you're triggered yeah. by it. That's the best way I can explain it. It's, it depends on the day. Like mm-hmm. a lot of your clients probably, you know, they have really good times and then they have yeah. some really, really bad times when everything is triggering, which is another reason why we need people like you doing the work and helping us to guide our emotional well-being and being emotionally uh, intuitive and emotionally stable and just being smart about how we go about governing ourselves because that's what we have control over the most ourselves (laughs) and that's it that's right i actually have just had this conversation recently about with a supervisee so i do in addition to therapy i help people who are getting who have a licensed master social worker get towards their clinical licensure and i I, it's one of my favorite things i love it so much and i know yeah talking about that with with somebody about like how do we, we get to that space of um, being intentional about our choices and and understanding what makes us feel comfortable. And when people at church come up to you and ask you where mm-hmm. you're being, why don't you have a baby yet? And, you know, does, is this the place where I feel like I'm going to use my intellectual and emotional labor to educate somebody on how inappropriate that might be? Is this the place where I just smile and nod? Am I in an emotional space where I can advocate, where I can be assertive? Am I in a space where that is going to trigger me into something that I don't want to go into? Um, and everywhere in between on that spectrum 
is very important for us to be able to recognize because um, I will absolutely tell you I have told people in the past when they're trying to get sassy with me about why I don't have a baby and I'm like oh I'm trying I've had two pregnancy losses and then there's that moment of like I'm not trying to start a fight with you but I'm also not going to sit here and accept you shaming me for being childless which by the way if you are intentionally childless more power to you as well there is nothing wrong with that either. We need to stop asking people in general about their procreation habits, beliefs, desires. Um, but yeah, so that's something that has been a topic of conversation recently as well is that intentionality of like, where do I see my my emotion lying today in terms of mm -hmm. this? And of course, you can't always know where a trigger is going to come. You can't. No, if we could foresee that, wouldn't that would be some more of that magic getting me on my yacht in Mallorca? But yeah, um, I'm telling you, yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's, it it becomes a matter of like you said just knowing where you are and at this day this time and this moment and sometimes it boils down to the seconds yes. especially when we're in a room full of people at work and or various other places just going to freaking target is yep. a is a trigger or yes. being at the gym and a pregnant woman is walking and she's exercising when you've had two losses and you did everything you could not to have those losses mm -hmm. and you just end up feeling like your body is failing you. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, yes. And I, I saw uh, someone a comment on Facebook recently, and I, I almost, I almost DM'd this human that I've never met, and mm -hmm. it would, and I, because I, I, I just wanted to celebrate this person, being like, yes. So they were like, don't allow other people's victories to become your triggers, and I like that mm -hmm. awareness. Mm -hmm. Not to say that I, not to say that I don't didn't get triggered walking into Target not past the baby section or by yeah. the woman or the person who was pregnant walking on the treadmill next to me. And it's also making sure that we're not doing that keyboard warrior thing of, you know, reacting to something, recognizing what the emotions are that we have and, and having a thoughtful response to it versus having that, you know, it's react versus respond and, and being able to say, okay, that's triggering me. What What is telling me that I'm not free in that space? What can I do to get to a, a place where I can deal with that emotion in a healthy way because it's not about changing our emotions it's about changing our relationship to the, the emotions let's discuss is supported by mom and bras with a wide range of bras and bralettes available for chest feeding and pumping mom and Deck combines the functionality you need with style and comfort my favorite is the do anything bra the perfect bra that supports chest feeding and pumping in one truly lovely and comfortable bra Visit us.momanda.cc backslash let's discuss and use code let's discuss for 10% off your entire order of $40 or more. This episode is sponsored by Boogie Board, makers of award-winning reusable writing and creativity products. Say goodbye to messy whiteboards and expensive computer tablets with these super affordable alternatives, perfect for group or individual activities and exercises, including communication for nonverbal individuals and honing fine motor skills related to writing. Best of all, there is no charging necessary, no special pins or markers, and they are easy to store. I love my smart notebook for taking notes in the office so I can write down echo words during sessions with clients, then zoop, delete it all with a tap for full HIPAA compliance. Boogie Board has extended me an additional 5% off with my code Let's Discuss, which will apply to on top of their current 20% off sale on their smart notebooks for a total of 25% off. Best of all, this code will also get you 5% off everything else on the site. 
Check out all they have to offer and make your practice the best it can be at myboogieboard.com. Mm. Yeah, so impactful. Such an impactful statement. And I'm sure you, as being a clinician, you have your moments where it's like all like college goes out the window. Right now I'm pissed and I'm angry. Yes, yes. And I'm yes. hurting and yes. I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of what we go through in life, fertility related or not, our pain, our inner pain, it goes unnoticed because if we're good at putting on the face because we have to, yep. especially for people like yourself who work with others on a daily basis. And no matter what's going on at home, you got to put on that face, Meg. Yes. You got to do the work regardless. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and you it's know that hard. Is, it is so difficult in the social media space as a therapist, as a clinician. I do, I make my joke of like therapist face, right? So if anybody, yeah. something, <laughs> I have heard some stories of some people who have been through some stuff and for me to react is only making them feel isolated more for me to mm -hmm. be like that's the craziest thing i've ever heard oh my god then of course once again they're like yes yeah. because nobody can relate to what i've gone through so thank you for yeah. validating that yeah <laughs> right so i try to i do i have a pretty decent job of practicing that therapist face of, of like tell me more go on and in a calm space. And you're right. Countertransference is a very real thing. I've had people come in who've had very similar experiences to me and I have to be able to check that, check in with myself in the moment or be able to compartmentalize and then afterward do some digging into how that's going to play out. Um, and then of course too, you know, on a, on a less professional level on that social media platform situation where people are sending me DMS or commenting, um, or I'm, scrolling on somebody else's post and seeing stuff and I want to be like that's not okay and <laughs> yeah. recognizing yeah. like what information am I going to allow to impact me is it going to help me to be educated on somebody else's experience is it going to help me to look at something from a different perspective or is it just going to piss me off <laughs> yeah yeah and so how do you do it as a clinician when do you get to exhale when do you get to just be whatever mm. it is that day in your healing process from losses yeah. It, yes. And that's been very good. So I do my own grief work. I, uh, so for example, those of you who are on the YouTube can see, so this, um, my two children's names are on two of these. And then my three pregnancy losses, we, um, gave each of our babies names. And so I have okay. their bracelets that I wear every day. And that's very helpful for me because it feels very tangible. Um, and I've encouraged people in my practice as well, when they're doing to find some sort of meaningful grief work. Um, whether it's something to do with um, an ultrasound picture photo, which is mm -hmm. genuinely kind of all you, I don't want, it's hard to say all you have left of the pregnancy, but right. You did the not visual, the right. visual aspect of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I definitely do my own therapeutic work as well. I think it's very yeah. helpful in various capacities to be able to process things freely um, in a non-judgmental space where I can just say like, man, that really got me, or I can't believe this person felt that way. And, uh, because I don't want to be judgmental as a clinician and I'm also a human. So yeah. it's trying to, it is definitely in my space as a professional and then being able to kind of, like I said, compartmentalize that mm -hmm. while I'm in session. And then if I need to, um, to different various levels, figuring out ways that help me to help people. Cause like I said, I've, I've worked with people who have very similar stories to mine 
um, ones that are wildly different than mine, a lot of them mm -hmm. triggering or traumatizing in some certain way. And vicarious trauma is definitely a very serious thing with therapists. We hear whether or not you specialize in trauma. I don't specialize. I don't do okay. EMDR or anything in trauma, but find me a therapist who's never had a, a never had a client who had some sort of trauma. Don't we all mm -hmm. as humans have trauma, right? So, um, mm -hmm. so we all have to find ways to recognize and name our vicarious trauma and, and instead of the same as with the emotions right so we yeah. don't want to ignore our emotions we don't want to change our emotions we want to change our relationship to them we want to make sure i do the same thing where i say i'm recognizing what my triggers are i'm recognizing what might be traumatizing me own it claim it name it and then be able to reframe it and move forward with it mm, i love that that's good for me too that's a nice reminder for myself yeah, <laughs> yeah. because it's so easy i think and that's why I, I I admire therapists and counselors like yourself, because I don't know if I would have, see, I can hold space for others. I'm good at that. I always have been. I mean, I was in middle school when I was a mediator. Yeah. Okay. Like mediating yeah. is my, is my jam Yes. and being a Libra that I'm being the, the woman looking for the balance and beings and justice and fairness. And so it comes very naturally to me, but I don't know if I could do what you guys do, because as soon as somebody starts talking about like a traumatic birth experience or losing a baby or having to be in a new queue with their baby or going through infertility, I would just be like tearing up. I would have to be like one of those therapists where they're on the couch and I'm behind them making notes because I would just be like <laughs> in tears. It's so crazy. So I I appreciate the work that you guys do. And of course your training and many, many hours of, of training help with that, of course. But uh, yeah, it's you guys are truly a blessing to the world. And I, I just love connecting with other clinicians and therapists like yourself mm -hmm. who who can do that and who can do it um, non in a way that's helpful to others because not not all therapists are the same. Nobody, everybody's not good at it. That is <laughs> everybody's not good at it. Deeply true. That is deeply true. And and I will say, you know, I've had people that I've gotten on with a Zoom. So anytime that I have a new client reach out or a potential client reach out, um, I start with a complimentary 15 minute Zoom chat. Just want to check in. What are your goals? How do you see us working together? How can I help you? Um, and I've had people not get back to me, you know, like mm. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. And as much as I want yeah. to be everything for everybody, I'm also very much aware that I can't be. Mm. And I want to encourage everybody that, you know, it's okay to, I don't want to say therapist shop, but it's okay mm -hmm. to, to recognize that, you know, just because the first person that you saw on Zen care, um, yeah. or some, you know, or the, your insurance company suggested doesn't necessarily have to be the one person, um, I do really want to encourage everybody, though, if I may take a moment and jump on my little soapbox about therapy, is being able to, and I'm very much aware that I'm speaking from a place of privilege. I have insurance. I have disposable yeah. income. I have the ability, I mean, with technology and with the quarantine, I do virtual mm -hmm. therapy now, but some people don't. And I have the ability to hop in my car and have the gas money to get to therapy. So yeah. I say this with uh, the the acknowledging the vast amount of um privilege upon which I sit, but I do want to encourage everybody to find, to look in your resources and try to find that mental health help. It doesn't have to be daily, weekly therapy. It could be somebody that you meet with once a month, mm -hmm. just that unbiased space where you have someone who knows your story, who's working with you towards your goals, helping you process through some of the things that are going on in your life. Um, particularly, obviously in our situations as they relate to mm -hmm. your fertility journey, um, but really anything it, it can be so yeah. meaningful. I'm, I'm grateful 
sorry, a little bit of a tangent, but coming back to the importance of taking care of yourself as a good girlfriend of mine um, and I were just talking about perfect attendance awards from school, mm, which mm. encourage, which everyone gets sick or has a family mm. need or an opportunity to go on vacation or whatever it might be. And a perfect attendance award encourages people to blow all of that stuff off in the name of your education, which education I think is important. And of course, again, we could talk about systemic oppression there. Oh my God. We could go off, but I won't, but I just, we were talking about how I, you know, it seems like that's kind of going by the wayside a little bit because we're encouraging people to take mental health days. We're encouraging mm -hmm. people to recognize you, you're not maybe okay today. And maybe that's okay. The same as your body might be telling you with a fever that you need to relax, maybe something check out that anxiety, that physical tension that you're feeling, whatever that is, what's your body trying to tell you? And maybe it's okay to not have perfect attendance. And that obviously that's related mm -hmm. to school, but also for us professionally or in, even in our friendships. Um, I watched a, an Instagram live yesterday of a, of a person who's also in the fertility space talking about going to baby showers mm -hmm. when you have not had your child, had the opportunity and how difficult it is to be so happy for somebody, so overjoyed for their experience, and also at the same time still be in your space. And how do you make sense of that dissonance? And I, I just again encourage everybody coming back of that, just checking in with yourself and being intentional mm -hmm. about your mental health and your mental well-being. It's not about perfect attendance; it's about showing up. Mm -hmm. You took six months last last year, and now you feel full to be able to help other people now and that's exactly what we need to be doing is focusing on ourselves in that way yeah I mean like it's you're so right about it you're so right about it and my as an entrepreneur and have having have had uh many brick and mortar businesses in the mm -hmm. past mm -hmm. I got, especially because we were in a restaurant business and I also had like a tanning salon for a mm. while. And then, um, so when people will call out for various reasons, of course, mm -hmm. I want to know why, Sure. because one, I want to make sure you're okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's not life threatening. And then two, because I need to make record, you know, just right. not so that you can have perfect attendance, uh -huh. but so that we can, if something does happen to you, that's detrimental to your health. Mm -hmm. that I can go back and refer back and say, well, she was having this issue a couple of months ago. So we know that this right. is a thing and that, right. you know, maybe she has a flare up from lupus or something like that. Mm -hmm. I had a young woman that worked for us who would get reoccurring cysts and they mm -hmm. would be very large. Mm -hmm. And so there were times when she would need off because during her cycle, they would get really bad and really painful. And she mm -hmm. would go to urgent care and things like this. I never had an issue really with people calling out um, especially when it's something medical and right. I've always tried to be that intentional understanding boss in the past. Mm -hmm. And I think I did a pretty good job at it and probably a lot better job than most men who are leaders because men well. just, they go, 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 go. Right. Yeah. But as women, I use my superpower of being able to tap into my emotional side, um, constructively to understand what people are going through. And they don't have to give me a full detailed report. Just let me know you're okay. And if bring me the doctor's note, if you go to the doctor's, right. you don't have to go to the doctor. Like I hate it when bosses, when I was still working for others, when they wanted a doctor note, uh -huh. you don't need a doctor note, ma'am. 
if I come to work, I am not going to be able to give you 100%. Mm -hmm. So what is the purpose of me coming, right? And so mm -hmm. I think as leaders and bosses and, and CEOs and all those accolades that we have, we have to tap into our people outside of work and let them know that, yeah, we do care. Because at the end of the day, here's the thing, the business is not going to crumble because that person didn't show up. Right. It's not going to, it's not going to crumble and it's not going to fall apart. If it you does know. fall apart, whose whose responsibility is it to make sure that the infrastructure is sound in a space? And again, I'm not encouraging people to just hey blow off work today, but right, no, if the whole if the whole of the world business falls because this one person called out because of their ovarian cysts, yeah, it might be something to reflect on as the leader of this. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah, it's a testament to you as a leader, not to them as an employee. Absolutely. And, 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 and I encourage anyone, people in my life personally, get some rest. Mm -hmm. And I've been saying this a lot lately. And I've been reminding myself too, is that rest is not a reward. It's essential. Oh my gosh. Say it again. Rest is not a reward. Yes. I feel like it hustle culture is kind of going away a little bit. Yeah, we're, we're 70s, 80s. It babies and all they did was push hustle culture on us and no sleep team no sleep and all that bull crap no yes. you get your freaking sleep okay mm. get your sleep yes and use those 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 hours that you have saved up and take the vacation yes like my dad retired with so many hours it would have taken him two or three more years to use all of them wow. in freaking sane yeah and this was back in 2004 my dad is um he was 38 when I was born. So he was the older dad when I was born. And so by the time he, he retired from uh, being an accounts payable manager for um, Honeywell, mm -hmm. he had all these hours saved up. They had, I mean, they had to pay him. They give him oh. a percentage. They give you a percentage in your severance, in your package and all that to go home. I don't even know what it's called. I've never retired from anywhere anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't worked for anybody in years. So I don't even know what it's called anymore. Yeah. But he retired. He got a percentage of it. He had so many hours saved up. Don't yes. let the workplace kill you, you know, mm -hmm. don't let your business kill you. Don't mm -hmm. let being a CEO kill you. Mm -hmm. It's yes. not worth it. Yes. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. That's what it's there for. I, I do think more and more agencies and companies are are being forcibly or in through or internal motivation and somewhere mm -hmm. on that spectrum made more aware of life work balance not work life. And I do, I very much that we talk, I mean, we could, we could talk for ages about the stress on the body and how that impacts fertility, um, both mm. for men and women. I it's, it's so much. And so it, it's finding that way to, to take care of ourselves and make sure that we feel whole physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, so that we can, again, coming back to being able to pour, pour from the cup of taking care of our children, taking care of our loved mm -hmm. ones, our partners, our dogs, our everybody. Yes. Uh, and my freaking dog. Okay. I have one. He's an old man now. So he's going to the doctor every other month. Okay. Oh, you guys. Yes. Get your yes. rest. <laughs> I, we just put my sweet little pup. He's eight. We've just put him on joint medicine. And I was like, Oh okay, yeah. That's about the time that. it comes. Yeah. But my baby. <laughs> yeah. He'll be fine. He's going to yeah. love you for it. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, please give this to me. What a great idea. Probably could have done it sooner. But also I was like, oh, mm -hmm. the fact that we're even getting to that age to discuss that yeah. is, but, you know, time does, time does continue to march on. Yeah. Um, time don't give a damn about us. Okay. Time is just steady moving on along. So you might as well 
take care of yourself in the midst of it. Okay. That's it's not that's worth it. crashing and burning. It's not that's, worth it. <laughs> that's it right there. That's it right there. Yes, indeed. Uh, Monique, I, oh my goodness. What an absolute joy. I could sit here and talk to you for hours. Mm -hmm. I hope we get the chance to chat again. I would Absolutely. really freaking lutely. Yes. Truly <laughs> love that. Um, can you share with everybody where they can find you? And of course I'll, I'll put it in my show notes as well. Sure. Yeah. Infertility and me podcasts everywhere. I'm not on Facebook at all personally and or podcast wise, but Instagram is my jam. It's where I live. It's where I stay. Um, the podcast is also on YouTube. I do post audio and visuals there as well, but Instagram is the best way and the fastest way to get to me and info at moniquefarouk.com as well. If you want to reach out and you're struggling with fertility, I have some great resources that I can pass along. Um, if you or someone, you know, is struggling to family build. Amazing. Amazing. I just, I cannot, there are not <laughs> words to articulate how much I, what a pleasure it's been, how much I appreciate yes. you taking your time, sharing your emotional and intellectual labor with us. Um, and like I said, so I will um, probably be bothering you again for another. No another problem. Hopefully I'm here soon. for it. Yes. Amazing. I love it. Thank you, Meg, for letting me talk to you and your listener friends. Yes. I don't take it for granted. And yes. yeah, I would love to do it again. Great. And yeah, just thank you. Thank you, girl. My, it's my <laughs> pleasure. And to everyone out there, as I've said it already today, be curious and not judgmental. Goodbye. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Let's Discuss with Meg Duke. I'd love for you to write a review of my podcast on your app. And don't forget to subscribe so you get a notification when new content is posted. Take a moment to leave a rating too. You can follow me at Therapy by Meg on Instagram and find Meg Duke LCSW on Facebook. You can also look for Let's Discuss content by searching the hashtag Let's Discuss with Meg. Let's Discuss with Meg Duke is executive produced by David Presley and produced by Meg Duke. Our theme song was written and performed by Antoine McDuffie.